0: Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius. Welcome back to the podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to be doing something very different. We're going to be doing a little bit of a change-up, a little bit of a uh, departure from our usual subject matter. And I thought long and hard before I did this podcast, I said to myself, do I really want to do this? (laughs) Is, Is this going to be misconstrued or misinterpreted the wrong way? But finally, I just said, what the hell, why not? I want to make this podcast about one of my favorite Twitter accounts. And I want to try to make the case that I think this Twitter account is a true work of art in many ways, a modern comic strip that both uh, calms, soothes, inspires, entertains, and challenges the imagination. Now, I know there may be some people thinking when they hear this, they're going to roll their eyes and they're going to say, Quintus, why are you doing a podcast on this? This is not the type of subject that that deserves a podcast. And I'm going to say in response, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Because I think in this world, we have to recognize genius when we see it. We have to recognize artistry when we see it. We have to recognize ability and communicative Um, agility, and finesse when we see it. And not only should we talk about it, I think we need to reward it. I think we need to praise it. So not only am I going to do a podcast on it, I'm going to praise it. Now, who am I talking about? I'm talking about the Twitter account with the handle Michael Porfirio, also known as the G Manifesto or Michael Mason. He, He has a number of names. And... The I, I can spell out the Twitter handle. It's, it's uh, at Michael Porfirio, P-O-R-F-I-R-I-O. And all you have to do is take a look at his Twitter timeline to see that this is an account that is rightly called a cult account. Someone called, some, I think, news reporter called this a, a cult account. And I think that's a, a good way to describe it. Cult in the sense that it creates its own world, it has its own logic, it has its own in-jokes, it has its own logic, rationale, rules, ethics, and worldview. And I think it's the type of thing that guys can benefit from if they just look at it in the right way, if they look at it with an open mind, with a sense of humor, with a sense of humor. You know, sometimes it's nice just to have fun, and anyone who's read my blog for a couple years knows that I deal with very serious subjects, usually, I deal with serious subjects of kind of a high, uh, you know, uh, level of intensity maybe, but sometimes it's fun just to laugh. Sometimes it's, it's fun, there's wisdom in just knowing when to kick back, have a few laughs, and enjoy the world. You know there's a great scene in the movie The Game. You may remember this movie came out in the late 90s and one of David Fincher's early early films, The Game. And there's a scene in there where Michael Douglas is having dinner with his brother played by Sean Penn, and Sean Penn gives Michael Douglas a uh, an envelope and he says, "Uh hey Nicky, uh this is you. This is for you for your birthday. I want you to have this." And uh, Michael Douglas, open, he plays kind of a tight-ass type of banker, type uh, investment banker. And he opens it up and he says, uh, you know, what is this? A gift certificate for what? What is this? And and uh, and uh, Sean Penn says, uh, Conrad is the character's name. And he says, um, it's, it's something known as fun. You know what fun is. You've seen other people have it. That's kind of his zinger there. Anyway, the point is, lighten up. Point is lighten up. You know, sometimes you just got to have fun. Sometimes not everything needs to have a rationale or a reason behind it or a convoluted rationale. Sometimes it's nice to just laugh. Sometimes it's nice just to be transported into a different world where different rules apply. Or to hear lessons that we already know in ways that stimulate us, inspire us, motivate us. So, um... So that's, that's, uh, that's what I want to say about it. So who, who is the G-Manifesto? Who is Michael Porfirio? Well, your guess is as good as mine. But one thing I do know, I, I, he's, definitely, he's, he, he's a real person. He, he really is a successful uh, jet set type of guy. He does travel a lot. I know this because I've spoken to him and, and his, his information checks out and he's on the level. I mean, you can just tell. You can tell when people are on the level or not. And honestly, I think he's, in his, he's probably in his late 40s, just based on some of the cultural references he makes, just some of the things he talks about. Um, I think he's probably involved in the finance industry, and I think he just uh, is a very successful guy. And I think he just likes to have fun. And I think I think, uh, taking on this alter ego, this, uh, this uh, Michael Mason, Michael Porfirio alter ego, is a way of having fun. It's a way of just unwinding during the just just like for us reading this stuff during the day it's a way of having fun but it's not just fun I think there's actually artistic merit to this Twitter account and to the way he tweet the way he tweets and to the things that he tweets about the way he does it that I think deserve recognition and uh, i'm a I'm a big fan of art I, uh, I I've spent a lot of time around art studying it practicing it. And I feel like I know it when I see it. And art is not just about what you find in museums. Art is all around us. You can see it everywhere. You can see it in day-to-day things. And a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that just because something is routine or they see it on the internet or they see it in a, a format that, that uh, like, like say a Twitter account that they might not expect, that it doesn't qualify as art. And I say to you, I say, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. So, let's talk a little bit about the account of um, of Michael Porfirio. And what are the, one of the again one of the purposes of this uh, of this podcast is, is to make the case that this guy's Twitter account qualifies as modern art. And what are some of the what are what are some of the reasons why I say that? Well, it creates a world. The first thing you know about the account is it creates. An alternative world, a world of. He, he, uh, the, the account evokes this image, this, this character, this larger than life character, this role playing character, this jet set James Bond character who's uh, an international playboy and is involved in all sorts of uh, incredible activities. And it's almost like uh, sort of a, a surrealistic version of, of James Bond. It's a surrealistic James Bond for the 2000s, for the new century. And what are some of the motifs? One thing about art, if you, if you look at the artwork of, say, Dali, of, of, um, of Picasso, of some of the other modern artists, they all have motifs. They all have, and when I say motifs, I mean themes that they repeat over and over again. Themes that are repeated in different ways that help to evoke this world that the artist wants to create for us. So that's one of the criterion of art is the use of motifs. The use of motifs, it's one of the criterions of art. And that's one of the things that the G manifesto knows how to do with real acumen, with real uh, savvy acumen. Because he harps on these same themes over and over again. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, you know, he did not put me up to making this podcast. I don't. I have no direct connection with uh, with the G Manifesto. I, I've I've spoken to him a few times, but I'm doing this because I want to. Because I want to, kind of reach out and salute this guy and say thank you, thank you for the great uh, entertainment. Thank you for the great content. You know, sometimes it's, it's just nice to say thank you to people. And I have to admit, I have to confess, when I first started to read his stuff you know i didn't like it at all i uh, said to myself what the hell is this man this is just this is just over the top this is just ridiculous but i was looking i realized that i was looking at it through the wrong lens i was looking at it through the literal lens and i think this is the mistake that a lot of guys make at first they look at the account and they say oh this is just bullshit this is not this is this is fake this is phony this is bullshit well, my answer to this, it's it's not meant to be realistic. Not every not everything in the world needs to be literally realistic. Not everything in the world needs to be precisely uh in line with what we call quote reality. When you look at a portrait by Picasso or a landscape, if we want to call it that, by Dali, do we ever say, "Hey, this this is real. This is not realistic." This is this is not uh, the way the world though the faces don't really look like that. The the landscape doesn't really look like that. Well, the artist would say to you, I'm giving you a different perspective on the same landscape. I'm giving you a different view of the same scene. And that's how you have to look at it. So after after a little bit of uh, acclimatization to the account, I said to myself, this stuff is just brilliant. I love this stuff. Because I kind of like comedy that's off the wall and kind of insane in some ways, a little bit out there. And just the way everything was just put together, it just, it just really uh, it, it really uh, had a soothing effect on me as I would read it during the day. Now, what are some of the motifs that the G Manifesto uses? And again, this, this list is not exclusive. It's not exhaustive. It's just some of the most common motifs that he uses. And these are, uh, this is the list that I've drawn up here. And again, you can make up your own list, but he has motifs like game meats, these uh, eating the the flesh of wild animals, game meats, treetop combat, (laughs) treetop combat, like I'm going to try to get through this podcast the best I can without laughing. It's going to to be hard, but I'm going to try to do it. So game meats, treetop combat, custom suits, drinking and smoking. The idea of living in a village by the sea, this is a common one, the idea of, the, of living in a village by the ocean. Boxing, grip strength, the idea of running the numbers on things, deep ocean swim, <laughs> deep ocean swims, natural oils, fresh fish, and the last one, and maybe the most important, soy. Let's spend a few minutes here talking about soy. Now, I don't know if the G-Manifesto was the one who invented the soy motif. There are some other rival claimants. Maybe it's going to be like the invention of calculus, where you've got uh, the school of Leibniz and the school of Isaac Newton both battling it out to see who invented calculus first. Who knows? I'm not going to enter into those waters. But I do think that the G-Man was one of the first, was one of the first to talk about soy. And I certainly uh, was one of the first to amplify this message continuously uh, by constantly retweeting it. And again, this is again where the, the, the literal brigade, the people that believe in literal interpretations of everything are going to say, oh, this is not true. Soy is really not good, not bad for you. And my answer to that is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not meant to be taken literally. Again, the whole soy, which he uses as a metaphor for kind of weakness, wussiness, uh, uh, sort of the chicken shitism of of modern culture, effeminization of of the modern male. Uh, The soy motif is a good analogy to use. It's a very compelling, unforgettable analogy. This is most important. It's unforgettable. Once you've heard it a few times, you don't forget it. It's an unforgettable analogy which perfectly describes modern society's attempt to domesticate and to effeminize the modern male. And this is why it's useful. You know, you know, we can talk about these things in the abstract, the war on men in the abstract and, and these other things, but sometimes it's nice to have a compelling metaphor that just sums it up. And that's what I like about the soy metaphor. It's a very, very, very useful shorthand for encapsulating the attempt to domesticate and subjugate the modern man, and uh that's that's really what it is that's really what the usefulness of the soy motif is, and I really think I think that's really where he deserves a lot of credit for bringing that uh motif uh into the hearts and minds of of his readers and um at the end of this podcast, I'm going to do some readings of some of his tweets if I can control myself without laughing. But, um, you know, just to give you guys a uh, uh, a little bit more insight, the G Manifesto's been at this for a long time. When I started to look into some of his stuff, he has a blog out there, um, uh, G Manifesto, thegmanifesto.com, which he hasn't updated since, I think, 2013. Um, and, you know, maybe he just ran out of uh, material or things to say. Or he, he probably found out that Twitter was more of a medium that's more congenial to his his style. And that's, that's you know, kind of artists do that. You know, one artist can start out painting in watercolors. And then he may find out that, hey, I'm better at sculpture. I'm better at oils. I'm better at writing. I'm better at something else. And that's fine. But, you know, this is, what's amusing is, as I was looking into this, I found... On the internet here, uh, uh, an old news post here uh, uh, on the Miami New Times, an online newspaper called the Miami New Times from 2007, and it's called Best Of, People and Places, and it says Best Manifesto, and this is, from, this is 2007, and it says Best Manifesto, the G Manifesto blog. So apparently somebody got wind of his blog back in 2006 or 7 when it was first starting, and um i'm going to read this off to you uh, but you know he's changed since then it's not he doesn't really talk about a lot of the same stuff uh, it's more kind of reached surrealist humor uh, surrealist um uh, stuff here but it's it's nice to see what the reaction was back in you know 10 years ago 10 11 years ago and this is what it says it's, it says we're not sure who actually writes this blog or where the author is from, but whoever it is, we think it, it's probably a he given the macho, misogynistic rants and the fact that he signs each post as Michael Porfirio Mason, a.k.a. the P, <laughs> the, the people's champ, <laughs> visits South Beach often to wine, dine, and scheme while lounging with a couple G's in the pocket of his, bo- <laughs> his botank suit. <laughs> The author's main passions in life are making money via shady shady enterprises, sleeping with models, and dressing to kill. (laughs) The blog, which has been online since September 2005, may be totally fake, but it's entertaining as hell, especially when Miami is the topic. Here's an example of his dubious prose taken from the post, the South Beach War Report. This is a quote. Regular... (laughs) (laughs) Regular, everyday guys have no chance in Miami. They are usually finished quicker than it takes an ice cube to melt on Lincoln Road in summertime. (laughs) Regular guy doesn't have the tools, the weapons, the experience, the heart, or the game. Even capable players meet defeat in South Beach. You will see them outside of clubs trying in vain to gain entrance. Even top players get dismantled in South Beach. I remember seeing a top-tier Los Angeles playboy get completely dissected in South Beach two years ago. He hasn't been back since, and trust me, it wasn't pretty. (laughs) I I even know a first-rate Parisian playboy who was absolutely bulletproof in Paris and southern France that was made to look like Swiss cheese in Miami Beach. There's a certain skill set that you must master, uh, that, that you must have if you want success in Miami Beach. And, end quote. So anyway, I just thought that was just funny uh, to, to read that. But again, you know, I, I don't, I think again, the problem that, that this this person made who wrote this this newspaper, of, uh, again, you have to separate all this stuff and realize that, the, the goal here is to have fun. The goal here is to enjoy the account, enjoy the Twitter account, enjoy the tweets for what they are. Don't take them literally. It doesn't matter whether it's literal or true or not true. or. See, that's the problem with, with everybody nowadays. Everybody's obsessed with, uh, with uh, uh, analyzing and overanalyzing and critiquing and judging. You know, sometimes things are just what they are and you can just enjoy it for face value. And why I think it's great art is th- these are the I'm going to give you some of the specific reasons why I think the the Twitter account of the G Manifesto is 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 good art. It's it's comic. It's good comic strip art. I would I would call it comic strip art. Number one, it creates a world. It creates a world of this character, this international custom suit wearing guy who lives in a village by the sea which he protects like a fiefdom, he defends like a fiefdom, who protects against, uh, who calls out the soy-infused world out there, and meanwhile keeps his strength and his testosterone up by eating game meats, natural oils, drinking and smoking, uh, swooping mass models, and eating uh, fresh fish oil and other natural oils. Okay, it's a caricature, you know. But see, this is the thing that, that that the nerds never understand. This is what I what always frustrates me, and this is what the nerds never get. You know, there's that scene in the movie Goodfellas where the the narrator, uh, you know the, um, uh, uh, the 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 narrator of the movie. I'm trying to think what his name is. Um, I can't remember, but the, you know the you know the the, the narration of the movie. He says uh, that's you know that's what the FBI could never understand about the wise guys. It was just uh it was just uh it was just protection for guys who couldn't go to the cops you know and I guess what i what the reason why I'm using that analogy is because if you're not in a certain world, you can't really understand the rationale for why people do certain things and a lot of these nerds who write these newspapers they don't understand that that guys need." they need motivation they sometimes it's nice to have a caricature just to keep your morale up just to keep you motivated it doesn't matter whether it's true or not it doesn't matter if it's literally everything true now i can, i can tell you there, there is enough truth um you know the the g man is a real person and he really does do a lot of the things that he writes about now obviously i think there's this artistic license and exaggeration and surrealist hyperbole but he definitely is traveling he's definitely out there traveling the world doing stuff so what's wrong with a little bit of hyperbole i mean that's what the poets do you know and uh we're going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes here so so number one it creates a world it creates a, a distinct world And number two, the reason why I think his Twitter account is artistic, has artistic merit, is look at the structure of the tweets. The structure of the tweets. If you look at them, have you noticed, or I've noticed, because I pick up on linguistic things, the spelling of the words, the random capitalization... Uh, it's very idiosyncratic. The spacing between the lines—he deliberately leaves a space between the lines of text, which has the effect of making the tweets bigger, which helps them to stand out in your mind better. He often uses photos, photographs, uh, prints, lithographs, photos, paintings, to help create this evocative world—this beach world or this, um, you know, jungles or whatever world he's trying to create. He uses photos and graphics. And then there's the very the lush language, the strange, unusual language where punctuation doesn't normally apply, capitalization rules are thrown out the window again, the all of the effect of the artist is to help create this idiosyncratic, special world and I know the g manifesto is listening to this, and I'm wondering what he's thinking of hearing someone give an intellectual analysis of his Twitter account. I'm sure he's amused by that, but hey, salute. G Manifesto. This is uh, this is for you, man. Just trying to give back a little bit. So anyway, the structure of the tweets themselves, the spelling, the spacing, the photographs, the language, all help to contribute to create that special effect. And I've said before in some of my own tweets that his account is a lot like, it reminds me a lot like the, the old um, comic book strip account a Crazy Cat from the 20s and 30s. You uh, Unless you're a comic strip fan, you probably haven't heard of this, but That strip also used certain motifs repeated over and over and over again with the the main players, the main characters in the comic strip, and it had an idiosyncratic spelling, strange illustrations, an evocative world. All of these things helped to create a very, very distinctive feel to the comic strip. Now, the third thing is I really think that his tweets helped to contribute to a relaxing, calming effect on the reader. Like I said, sometimes escapist entertainment is good, especially in this world now that we live in where everybody's lecturing you, everyone's yelling at you, the news is always bad news. It's nice to be inspired, it's nice to be entertained, it's nice to be distracted or diverted from the pressures of the moment into a world where everything is surreal, everything is exaggerated, everything is a little bit off. Everything is a little bit off. And that's what is nice about uh, the G Manifesto's Twitter account. It sets up this aspirational model and this alternative world that sometimes is nice. It really sometimes helps motivate guys. And you know, there's a long tradition of that in art. You know you can laugh and you can say, oh this is all this stuff is all fake, it's all crazy." but you know what? what about all the ancient myths and legends? and stories. Weren't a lot of those exaggerations. Have you ever actually read the Odyssey? Have you ever actually read the Iliad? If you had, if you have, you would know that those poems are filled with ridiculous hyperbole. They're filled with amusing, entertaining anecdotes that are unforgettable, and that really is what it's all about. It's the idea of creating this alternative world that you can escape into and enjoy yourself with all right what i'm going to do now if i can get these tweets out here without laughing is i'm going to go through mike's uh, twitter timeline here and see if i can read off some of his tweets here and uh, here's a couple from today one from three hours ago and um Again, he's got two names here, Michael Mason and Michael Porfirio. I mean, I don't really know exactly the rationale, but again, he would probably say it doesn't matter. You see, he has his own logic. He says he would probably answer, um, "I'm on my 7th drink, but it's actually my first drink." Most guys don't know how to run the number, <laughs> run the numbers on that. Okay, so here's the the first tweet that I'll read. Most people do not know, but sometimes I eat jello when I don't feel 110% plus. And when I say I eat Jello, I really mean I eat the belly fat from a wild boar with, with my sled dogs—the original Jello. There's and there's a painting of a boar being hunted. I refuse to look up things on Google. The answers they give are always about soy. <laughs> I, find, I find my answers by exploring the world with my sled dogs. Exploring the world, the original Google search tool. No one has refused to look up more things than me. These are some paintings of this. Now here's a good one. The biggest problem with most of these millennial guys is that you tell them that they need to do a, quote, martial art, but they just end up <laughs> teaching. They they just end up swooping guys named Marshall and Art, and end up eating tons of soy. It's diabolical what deep soy has done to the millennials. <laughs> All right, I can't. If I how far I can go on here before I just lose it. All right, um. Here we go. Weesh, dude. That's another one of his words. Weesh is his word for kind of lame or weak. Weesh dude, can we record your voice for voice recognition purposes? Me through a voice scrambler. No. All right, here we go. Here's a good one. I like this one. I usually start the week with heavy explosiveness workouts. Most guys will never do this. Most guys just, quote, implode into two plus piles of of soy. The fitness media has refused to cover this. No, no, no. No, no one is doing real fitness journalism like this, so, or delivering this kind of actionable advice. <laughs> there's a there's a picture of a tiger in midair leaping. Brilliant, just brilliant. I love it. Just, just perfect. Oh man, let's see what are some of the other good ones here. The more Portuguese I learn, the more beautiful Brazilian girls I swoop. The more Brazil the more beautiful Brazilian girls I swoop, the more Portuguese I learn. And he's got these pictures of two kind of a carnival dressed girls here. Very nice. Here's one here, is a good one. Maybe my last one here before I just uh reduce myself to just infantile laughter. He says it's a picture the picture is a picture of bok choy and he says most guys do not eat enough bok choy. <laughs> most most guys just get confused and eat bok so, soy instead and swoop tons of Cantonese guys named bok and swoop tons of fukinese guys named choy and eat tons of soy. <laughs> again, so anyway, it's just, again, it's all about creating a world. And you know what? This type of humor may not be to everybody's liking. I accept that. That's fine. But I wanted to make this podcast anyway just as kind of a tribute and just in the spirit of having fun because, again, sometimes fun does not need any other justification. As as Sean Penn said in the game, it's known as having fun. You know, you've heard other people. You've seen other people have it. Anyway, if you can, follow this guy. Follow the G-Manifesto, have a few laughs, and let's see if the media refuses to cover this. Until next time, keep laughing, keep the morale up, and we will talk soon. This is Quintus Curtius. Good night.